Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a good friend, talented comedian, entertainer, Greg Hall. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. I've been uh, been busy, been uh, stressed, going through the ups and downs of comedy life and all that fun stuff. Was just out with my dog on a morning stroll, and it got too hot, and he slowed right down. So, had to be five ten minutes late for you on account of him walking like a grandpa. But here we are. But feeling good. Got my exercise in already today. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I believe you on that. Uh, you know, you just said it, the journey of a creative, uh, of an artist, entertainer, whatever have you is never easy. It's never uh, conventional. Um, but we do it because we love it. Right. Um, and I think Absolutely. this is why this is why we're on this podcast together. Um, and speaking of, you know, again, uh, your career and um, just to shed some light on what you were struggling with. Um, we met uh, through a mutual friend. Um, we acquainted uh, with each other uh, from Nima Nazari. Uh, at the market brewing company right and you know our interaction that night was quite memorable because i gained such an interesting and valuable perspective from your world and stand-up comedy um so it was really cool to see you um just kind of navigate the field uh feel for uh from an audience perspective but also from a behind the scenes perspective of what really happens uh for a stand-up comic uh, what they kind of have to go through um psychologically emotionally and physically. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. All, all three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. All three. Cause I saw a lot that was going on, you know, I was very, I was <laughs> front row for that. Um, so what begs the question for me, uh, you know, witnessing all that, why did you pers- choose to become a comedian? Honestly, man. Cause I didn't get very good at guitar or singing initially. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, um, no. So I was, uh, I've always kind of been like drawn to the stage, right? And I knew that from high school. I took drama all throughout high school and then um, did a lot of work on the stage and that. And then I took a uh, first year university. When I went there, I went to Queens, but I actually wound up taking English. And then I stayed in Kingston for, I think I was there for about eight years of my life. And then I was just kind of, I was done school, just sort of bouncing from this job to that one, just, you know, biding my time basically still figuring out what I wanted to do and still kind of figuring out what I want to do but I have a much better idea now than I did then but anyway I watched uh so I was in Kingston just didn't know what was going on and I watched a a Bill Burr comedy special okay and I thought oh shit I could maybe do that I could go yell at an audience for a while and get some laughs possibly right (laughs) and sometimes I do now which is cool but so I uh and like, I don't know, I didn't even really like think of it as a career until like I started watching it a little bit, like my mid 20s, like, oh, people actually like do this for a living, right? Right. And so saw him do that and the finally, finally clicked for me. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I wonder if I could do that. So I called up, it was uh, the Absolute Comedy Club in Kingston. I got one of their amateur nights. I did two amateur nights there and uh just I found a stage again and then shortly after that um, as I was telling you before uh, I went to Humber College for comedy writing and performance which I found right. very very shortly after I did those first two sets so it was just like all right it's time for me to move on in my life I found the stage again I know I want to be here it's like a second home for me I don't know why it was gone for so long in my life but it was something like it was just kind of a an empty space that was missing for me and I didn't like Cause like I said, I was just doing these jobs I didn't really care for and this and that, whatever. And then I just got back on the stage and was like, nope, this is it. Like, this is, this is exactly where I belong. This is where I need to be. I know that. So I'm going to do everything I can right now to keep being on stage for, for as long as I can. And even so 
started as a stand-up comedian, just a performer initially, and now it's moved a lot over into um, the producing and behind the scenes aspects of it as well. And so just kind of taking it all in as much as I can and enjoying enjoying the ride while I'm at it. But that's how I got into it initially was just watching stand-up, thinking more about it and oh, yeah, I could do that. And, an endless fascination for it, right? And then you, you mentioned Bill Burr being an inspiration for you. Um, you know, I, one thing I, I told you, uh, you, Nima, um, Andrew uh, Packer, like you guys, the fact that you have the conviction, the cur- courage to go up stage on stage and uh, believe or at least have that hope that to evoke an emotion out of someone, right? Um, and that is humor, laughter. Um, it's quite uh, astonishing, remarkable. It's something a lot of people can't do, including myself. Um, so I want to know from your, from you, did you always have that confidence uh, that you could do it? Or did it take some time to get yourself uh, out of your shell? Or, you know, are you naturally an extrovert that way? Uh, I've never been naturally an extrovert. I kind of combo like intro extrovert like I, okay. I i like being around people but if i'm around people too much like i need my alone time i need right. my space i need i need just me right i need right. to rejuvenate a bit um but and sorry can you can you just like repeat the question yeah no worries like did you uh you know, your process of getting into stand-up, right? Were you always, um, did you have a natural talent for it? Like being comfortable being on stage or were you always kind of an introvert and you had to push yourself um, to kind of open up and get out of your shell? I've, so I've definitely had to push myself. And like I said, like I said, I've always been on stage even since high school. Uh, was really when I started getting into like drama, I did all like the, the yearly musicals and that stuff and whatnot. But stand up was like a, that was a brand new piece for me because that was the kind of stage that I had never experienced before in my life. I'd never, ever, ever been on the stage by myself with nothing but a microphone and a stool and a drink, right? Like that's a, that was very different than being part of a cast and a play where everybody's right. there supporting you. Where if you're on, like it's very vulnerable to do stand up comedy and it's terrifying. And it's honestly why. I think a lot of people don't do it. I have a lot of friends who are way fucking funnier than I am, but they'll never do stand-up comedy because they're just too like they Res- they can't get over reserved. That yeah, yeah, timid yeah. about the, the idea of going on stage. Yeah, and so I already had like a base in it, but like the first from from the first time I went on stage for stand-up, I had this thing where um, I always wear pants, but I would shake my knee all the time like it would just be like nervously like just bouncing under my pants nobody else would be able to see it but i could yeah. feel it for like the whole you know six ten minutes whatever i'm on for right so like I, I i and i still have nerves and whatnot but i'm i'm a lot more comfortable on stage now the stand up and after all all the time i've spent with uh you know practicing jokes and getting not the response that i want it's also like it teaches you to be very very comfortable with silence on stage right yeah and so I'm at like I'm at a point now where if a joke's not working fine I can take a minute and just be like you know take a few seconds and be fine with the silence for a bit and then just kind of be like okay what path do I want to take now because this path isn't working the audience told us like it teaches you how to listen right right and just be more aware I guess of what's going on but so it is it is things that I had to learn over time I wasn't always like and I'm still learning too. Like I can get a lot better than I am right now. I'm working on certain things right now. Like I'm trying to institute a lot more crab work into my sets and like audience interaction and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so, crowd work, right? Like working yeah. with the audience, um, working them into your jokes, um, being more observant yeah, exactly. on stage. Yeah, 
Um, and there was a lot of that that night, right? With the speaker kind of acting up, you know, uh, maybe yeah. some, uh, <laughs> some uncomfortable noises. Um, but you guys worked it in. And I thought that was really special, right? I think that's uh, really uh, clever of you guys to do. Um, and that's really interesting to hear. Now, when you kind of, you said this is not a natural path for you. It wasn't a calling. It wasn't anything like, you know, you, you were always told you were funny. It was kind of something that you just pursued, right? So naturally with that, you're going to have a lot of setbacks and failures. And it could be even more potent, uh, the fact that you really didn't set your mind on this since you were a kid, right? Um, so you might even have times where you're questioning yourself, like, is this path right for me? So what I want to know from you is like, did you have any challenging moments? And like, how did you overcome them? Absolutely. And I have two examples for you. One yeah, from the for past sure. and one from very, very, very recently. Okay. Wow. Right after so, we, we talked or? Yeah. Around right, right. It, really? it, was, it was like right out. It was very shortly after we met. <laughs> okay. What happened? Which was only a few weeks ago. I want to start with the other one first. And then sure, we'll sure, sure. We'll go into it. More yeah. We'll go in chronological order. <laughs> yeah. Just because I, th I think it'll be better that way. I hope. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see the yeah, progress. So, <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, and they're kind of about two different things, but the, the first one initially is, well, you know that, you know, we met on Nima's show and him and I go a long way back and we started coming up in the Toronto's, like we met in at Humber College and started coming up on the open mic, like just grinding the open mics together. So right, you know, right. That's how we put like, like we both started kind of around the same time and whatnot. So we were hanging out with each other a lot when we met and we're both living in the same area. Uh, there was this one open mic that we did and it was called the cage. It's not there anymore. I don't think, but there was a, you had to get, so the stage was like a, like a few stairs that you had to go up and then yeah. there was a big chain link fence behind you. And then the two guys that hosted the show would actually sit on the stage behind you. And then the audience was all out in front. Right. So the guys right. behind the host, they had like mics or whatever. And then you had your mic working to the audience and at this open mic at the end of your set whenever your time was like running out or whatever yeah 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 you're supposed to say to the audience one more joke and then everybody chants one more joke one more joke one right more like an joke. encore you're encouraging yeah, like an encore. that nice. exactly so like you know like an encouraging space but the problem was i was very new to comedy thought i was way funnier than i was and was telling all these like really bad like pun jokes one after really that just like and like puns do work in comedy, but like they like, I don't know, like they got to be really, really good to like really resonate with the audience yeah. or you got to do so many bad ones that it becomes funny and mine just were bad and there weren't enough to be funny. It was just like, it was dumb jokes. Like, oh, one of them was like, oh, I was at the bar the other night and I picked up this girl. Things were going great until I dropped her. So you dropped her <laughs> until I dropped her, right? Yeah, like I that was dropped, the I dropped her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like it's just like dumb it's shit. Very like blatant. That. Yeah, literal. Like there was no yeah, kind of creativity to it. You're saying stupid shit. But anyway, so then I so then I start going. So then like my time's almost up, and I like get turned around, and look at the host, like one more joke, and like nobody fucking says anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, everybody. The dreaded fucking, bombing, right? Whatever yeah, exactly. Comedian, whatever comedian has nightmares about. Right? Exactly, yeah. and like, and that's the thing. Like, once you once you start bombing, you get once you do it once, it gets a lot easier to do a second time. And you know, and that's the impression I got from you when I met you, man. I really enjoyed, yeah. you know, how charismatic you were, and just, uh, you know, in, inviting uh, any kind of uh, setback or you know adversity, right? Yeah, absolutely, and just like, and like, what can you do other than just you know pull up your socks and 
try out. Yeah, the keep going. The only way to get better it. is to keep doing it, right? <laughs> That's yeah. what anything. And if they if they don't land with the next audience, then you kill the jokes and you get rid of them and you try again with something that works. Like it's an experimental process and it's never ending. And just like you know, I like I'm in a small town. There's a small open mic that's like five or six of us every week. I'm yeah, like, yeah, for sure. That's where I go practice, right? Yeah. And like so, yeah, like still practicing being on stage and all of that, and just like. So what was the story with? Uh, oh yeah, the other right one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this one was more of a mental setback for me. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So it it it, it hit me hard, and it's bit like it's. It's been a while. I've dealt with um, depression since I was 18. Oh, and I've been, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's, 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 I know, because I, I, I've, I've known uh, people close to me that have dealt with it. So Yeah, and like it sucks. It's rough. It's hard. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons I do comedy, though, because, you know, I don't want people to feel that way. And I don't want to feel that way either. I want, like, let's laugh it's cathartic, at everything, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a cathartic experience. Like, it is sure. a form of therapy for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Anyway, so we were at NEMA shows. That was awesome. It was a sellout crowd, like a Saturday night, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I do a monthly show there at the brewery. And my next show was the following Thursday. Right. And, and then we actually wound up, and there could, have, there could have been any reasons for this, because like we've done well before, but we actually had our worst turnout that we've ever had since I started doing that show, I think, four years ago, right? And it was the it was the first time ever, ever in my uh, history of producing comedy that I've lost money on a show. However, yeah. How did you so so how did you lose money? Because the venue, like not enough people showed up? Yeah. So we didn't have quite enough people. The almost the almost worst part is that I missed breaking even by one ticket sale. So if we had one more, I wouldn't have lost money. So the so the price of the one ticket is what uh, was your deficit. Yeah, well, like and I'll get into a little bit of that yeah, yeah, for sure. too, because I want to talk about that more because just of the perspective shift, right? But anyway, right. so it's been, I've been producing shows. Uh, they weren't the first place I did, but they were the first place that gave me like a consistent like home. Um, so I've been there for a long time. Like I said, it, it, was, it was the first time I've ever actually not made money myself. And so, but I still paid my comics. I paid them what I said, plus more. That's why I feel good about it. Right. Because I always tell them like, here's the minimum you're guaranteed this much, no matter what, for an independent show, I pay really well, I think. Mm-hmm. And other people tell me that I do. So I hope so. <laughs> but um, so like I, I could have shorted like two of my comics, 10 bucks each and broken even, but I didn't. So, but, but anyway, that was the first time it happened to me. And then be, like, so I kind of had that like, one of the highest highs because like I got to see what the brewery looked like sold out on NEMA show and it was an amazing awesome experience and then I had like the the lowest low of one of my shows ever in like in less than a week oh right? wow what, yeah like, not a lot of people showed up yeah just nobody showed up and like we oh nobody this, well no like people did show up oh. we, we had like a like mid high 20s so like there was still an audience oh okay so, too. so and like it was fun I still got to do comedy right it was just your but lowest I, point? Like you've never had a number, uh, a turnout like that? Yeah, it was our lowest number that we've ever had wow. come out to one of our shows, right? Wow. Yeah. So, but like I also, th- and like, but I've been looking around, keeping tabs on it. There's other producers that have monthly shows like around that are like also in the same 
kind of boat as I am like it's a summer slump I think and also COVID's gone first time we've done like monthly shows in the summer for two months or two years since we've been like right. in lockdowns it's so it's kind of trying to like still build back and it was going well in winter uh, early spring and then summer usually takes a dip but not usually this much but like also there could be a million other reasons right but anyway so I lost so I felt bad because like I lost money and then my brain just set me fucking reeling for like five days telling me all of the wrong things I was getting out of my habits out of my routines I was just so angry that like I felt like I had you know failed at something that I'm supposed to be really really good at no it also was weird just riding that high and then like I said the highs and the lows right and so like I, you asked me to do this last week on Friday and I'm so glad that I actually couldn't because I was just, like, I wasn't in the you mood. You weren't in like, the mood. No, no, like I didn't actually start bringing my brain back down until Wednesday. Like I was just, I was not a pleasant person to be around. Right. But then, but then I started thinking to myself because like, I, one of the reasons that I'm still in comedy now is because there's so many problems with it. And one of the goals that wasn't initial because I didn't know about it, but now is one of the goals is to shake up the Canadian comedy industry. If you can even say there is a Canadian comedy industry. Yeah, I was going to say the comedy. I don't think the comedy is as uh, prevalent here as it is in the States. No. And like, there's a reason so many of us move to the States, right? So that's one of that goes but for like, film as well, by the way, as a film. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's a lot of crossover in the arts world for that. But I mean, it's bigger. There's more people. There's more opportunity. There's a lot of reasons for it. But like one thing that I'm trying to work on now is to like, we have all this good talent. Like, let's keep it here. And like, you know, let's I hone can, it. Yeah, exactly. Let's hone it. Let's do well. And like, like, let's do it professionally like we should. And so that before people move to the states and everybody goes oh they're canadian like guess what like you could have seen them here anytime in the past five six years when they yeah. were here like yeah. developing but you didn't know because there's no you know there's no star system there's no this there's no that there's not a lot of way to even like even when you're doing the biggest things here in canada a lot of it's just exposure which is fucking useless <laughs> yeah yeah i got you but so and and that's kind of what like brought me back down was remembering that like you know what money isn't really the ultimate goal of this what is the ultimate goal is just making things easier and better for myself and other comedians in Canada and if I can provide them if I can provide them the space and that's what I'm working on now too is to get a couple other venues going no because I've got a lot of comics reaching out to me too when I don't have enough space on my one monthly show so a good problem to have so i'm in like in, in actually the midst of trying to expand right now right right and and so like i just i calmed myself down did my you know got my meditation and yoga and all the all the good stuff going again and just sort of thought to myself like you know what greg you didn't lose you still made everything better for those comedians you paid them what you said you paid them more you made their lives better that's what you're doing here now so you're the headliner for these shows, Greg? Like no, no. Take care of? Oh. no, I'm the I'm the host slash producer. So I produce the shows, I book the shows, I run the shows. And right, then right. I and then you split the costs. The yeah, you split the, the profits with like yeah. The, so the way that like the way I do it, and this is probably just good advice for any producer too, make the venue pay um at least for your headliner or a portion of your comics, right? Because you don't right. want to 
And that's what I do. And like, I still lost money on uh, my ticket sales. Like I have a magic number that I need to hit and I was one shy of it um, for, for, for me to make profit. But I do have a good chunk of the show covered. So it's safe by, by, the, by the venue itself. So that if something like that does happen, I don't go too far out of pocket, right? Gotcha. So make people pay for your comedy because jokes aren't free and it's hard work. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Nothing, nothing should be taken for free, right? Um, you know, everything provides a valuable experience and, uh, you should pay for the efforts of the people that provide it to you. So, Absolutely. yeah. So no, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, having the courage and, uh, the transparency of sharing that story. Um, I know it's a very tough industry. Um, I myself explained to you that night filmmaking is not an easy path as well. Yeah. <laughs> I have my ups and downs as well. And I do deal with, you know, my, uh, fair deal of like mental health. Right. So just kind of, uh, coping with those, um, you know, day-to-day struggles. Uh, it's really, uh, it, it can really be a damper, but at the same time, it kind of strengthens us and uh, makes us realize, um, you know, in times of despair, uh, how grateful we need to be, right? Uh, yeah. The path we're on and how much we've uh, progressed. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, oddly enough, uh, another thing that really, really helped me with it actually was your podcast. Oh, wow. Because- Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm, I follow it now. I'm, big, I'm a big fan, but I thank was, you. So, thank you. It means well, a lot. No, you, you invited me to be on it. So I saw the title and I downloaded a couple episodes. I listened to the, I listened to the first one and then a few of the earlier ones you did just about like, um, uh, like, like mental health stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, know, the ones I what, discussed. What, I can't remember exactly what, like, yeah, the morning yeah. routine, um, those ones. And it was just because of what I was going through, it was really good for me to just like, and it's also about, you know, arts, entertainment, all that stuff that I'm also into. We have a lot of crossover, whether it's comedy or film, because, yep. you know, people film comedy just like you do now. Right. But, um, well, yeah, no, that's something that's definitely a, a venture that I'm, I'm pursuing, right? Uh, yeah. Just kind of challenging myself creatively, yeah. But yeah, no, I was, uh, but yeah, you're, my, you're, you're actually my new favorite podcast. It's engaging. Oh, it's wow, that means a lot. I'm not entertaining kidding. and it has wow. good advice. No offense, I am just getting into podcasts, but I've only got like six or seven that I follow, but you're my current favorite. Wow, that's, that means a lot, Greg, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm relieved to hear that um, I was able to uh, kind of inspire you um, and, and kind of help you uh, feel better about yourself um, through my conversations with these people, because that was the whole intention when I started the podcast is bring yeah, on absolutely. people like film. Yeah. Bring on people that are filmmakers, creatives, entrepreneurs, comedians like yourself, entertainers really, but also kind of have a section or a, a conversation in the podcast where we delve into the whole, what's going on in your mind? Like, how do you approach certain things? And it's funny that like Nima, I did two podcasts with him. I don't know if you heard them yet, but I listened, uh, to, uh, I listened to the one, almost all of the one where the 100th episode, I think, where you talked about where. Yeah, that was my most recent. Him. Yeah, that was yeah. my most recent with him. Um, I always try to like get into the psyche of the individual, right? Like what was going through your mind when TikTok banned you? You know what I mean? Like what was going yeah. on? In yeah, your mind? I was listening to that. Like, right? That it's like up story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but for me, I, I think it's uh, whether it's relatable or inspiring, like you can get value out of it. Right. Um, it teaches yeah. us something, uh, about that conversation. And th- that means a lot, man, like talking about, uh, doing things repeatedly, uh, to improve on them. This podcast is one of them, right? Like I just keep having conversations and keep bringing guests on like yourself. Um, because that's what I want to do. I want it to be an outlet, uh, a window to my world on, I'm not yeah, just a filmmaker, sure. a guy with a camera. And it's kind of funny when I mentioned it to you and Andrew <laughs> Packer and, uh, you know, the other people that day, like, 
they uh, raised an eyebrow because they probably thought I was just a videographer. And then I said, no, I'm a filmmaker, you know, I'm a podcaster. So uh, that's just kind of always been who I am, right? It's uh, kind of developing all these different crafts and really capitalizing on what you're uh, specialized in, which is what you've proved in with comedy. Right? Yeah, which I mean, all, always working on it, right? And, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, all right, the, like the stuff that I was listening to on your podcast, it was actually just really, really good for me to hear because it was a nice reminder for me that, you know, as much as my brain wants to tell me that I'm the only one struggling right now in this no, industry you're not, you're doing not. what I'm doing, it was so nice to actually hear other people that, you know, just going through the same motions I am. Like, it's And that's tough. why it's, I do them. Yep exactly so because the like brain us. the brain plays games on you man the brain that that's the primary reason why i do it is because you want to always trick the brain you always want it to remind yourself yeah because your brain's always trying to trick you you're always trying to trick you yeah <laughs> man it's it amazing is. how much i've been able to and like this recent thing with uh the sort of that roller coaster of the show that's the longest that i've had sort of an episode like that in a long time i've been working on it for like working on it hard for a long time but working on it super hard for the past right. year or so and like in the past year or so it's amazing how many times i've just had to tell my own brain to fuck off and leave me alone yeah, i believe it yeah. <laughs> and i forgot to tell it to fuck off and leave me alone for that yeah. five days right and i just let it kind of eat me up inside and because it just but, keeps going anyway. and going it, yeah it, it's just yeah. a never-ending loop right yeah yeah so but Anyway, I, but the, the nice thing is like I had that low, I had that failure and I know what I know what my brain did this time and I know what was wrong about it. I know what I didn't like about it. So next time I have another, um, I don't even want to call it a failure, just something, something that doesn't necessarily go my way in the future. I'm more well equipped to deal with it now than I was a week ago. Right. Just so just so long as I can remember my own little. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Take your deep breath. Calm down. It's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's true, man. And and I'm so happy you take taking that approach. Um, And, you know, speaking of my podcast uh, that you have now become an avid fan of it. uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, um, that just kind of uh, brings about something interesting where, you know, that technology, right, social media you know, proven to be a prominent tool for us creatives, you know, to get ourselves out there, right, to have a have that open dialogue, um, so much so that it's become part of our livelihood. Um, so for instance, again, with the technology that allows me to do this podcast, I wouldn't be able to connect with you, um, connect or network with potential clients in my industry. Um, so I want to know from you, like, how has social media served your career in comedy? It served it interestingly, and it's um, hopefully going to serve it more interestingly soon. Yeah. But um, I haven't always been a huge fan of social media personally, just because I don't like it's so weird being uh, a comedian in this day and age when the whole idea is like, get on stage and like hundreds or thousands of people look at me look at me look at me right yeah but to me that's like uh that's private that's private but in public but on social media it's more of an intimate moment you're saying when yeah you're, when exactly you're on stage, right? yeah. whereas on social media or the internet like there is privacy but like is there really like you know anybody can see this that like so it's i'm and i i do understand right now that like um that in this world that we live in right now, it is kind of a, 
a necessary evil for me in the comedy industry. Like whether I enjoy social media or not, it's something that I, I need to use because it is a helpful tool for me. Right. Yeah. And so I've been, I've been trying to embrace it more and I've been getting uh, better at it, but I'm still trying to find my own balance with it because right. Now that I'm trying to get more involved with it, I'm taking, like, I'm actually taking the rest of today, probably Fridays are going to start being, um, like, my, my organization days. Yeah. Because I don't have a lot of work outside of comedy on Fridays either. So um, Fridays are going to start being organization days. Like, we're going to do this for the week and this and this and this. Um, it's worked great for me uh, most of the time promoing my show. But like I said, whatever, whatever happened with this last one, there could have been a million reasons in my brain just kept telling me I was the problem <laughs> but, that's um, always the worst <laughs> yeah but no so um it's 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 the main way that I market my shows right now too right because before before the pandemic I would go out and I would we were only doing the shows there every other month and now we're doing them monthly um which is also nice so that sort of developed <laughs> during the pandemic somehow some way that our shows got more in there but um yeah, so, but I would go in a poster, like, stores all around Newmarket, where the venue is with just posters, like, hey, everything's coming up, blah, blah, blah. But then when we started coming back from the pandemic, a lot of other, like, store, like, retail, where I would go put the posters, they were still closed down. So, like, I, I just didn't have any reason to do that, right? right? So, so then all of the advertising became on social media, because it just, like, if I'm other than going to you know staple a poster to a telephone pole, there wasn't really anywhere I could go because I'm not going to other restaurants and bars to advertise. You know, come to this one on this night. Yeah, so there's also like also certain places you can and can't put your posters too, right? And if everywhere of them is closed down, so there's that. Um, I've been getting more into reels lately as well. I use I use mostly Instagram and Facebook. I downloaded TikTok recently. I have some video content ideas that I want to. Awesome. Yeah, after I don't yeah. I don't have anything posted on it. I'm just kind of lurking right now. Sort of. Well, if I may, inter- if I if I may interject, because uh, I highly relate to what you're saying, everything about uh, social media and that, like you know, it was kind of something that you wanted to keep your distance as much as you can, um, because it just wasn't uh, something that you saw uh, that fit who you were as a person, right? Your personality. But yeah, um, obviously we see it as an effective uh, strategic tool in getting our names out there and expanding our audience. But I want to say, like, and for yourself, if you ever find, um, you know, you're getting overwhelmed or you're kind of just losing that interest in uh, posting, I think for you is just recording all your stand-up gigs and just cutting them up into clips. Like, there doesn't need to be a huge, like, skit or something creative about it. I think it's just a matter of putting yourself out there, literally, you know. Yeah, very well might be it's not it's not and it's not a bad idea also something i've been thinking about too so and like that's the other thing too like i just got to start filming more stuff because like i got my phone in my hand or my pocket most of the day right and film is just your inner like, thoughts you know like maybe a joke you might say right because you're you're an yeah, actually exactly. funny guy right like the whole dog thing you should just film that and say like you know this <laughs> this mutt is taking the whole fucking taking a morning to like you know take a oh piss. for real it must be Dude, nice to have so nothing else to do in the day right yeah, yeah. exactly it's like sarge i got shit to do today like yeah usually, like you know just call it i know uh, you're slow but you usually walk at like a reasonable pace inner thoughts from greg you know and then just make it a little yeah. serious right 
but yeah, and I was even talking to uh, Nima at the show about that too, and he's talking about like don't like don't create document, right? Which is is sure. probably gonna make things less stressful for me too if I just you know click that button, whatever I'm doing, and then I can go look at because what I've been doing to experiment with reels right now is I've just been kind of filming my stuff in different situations, movements, whatever, like whatever I'm doing. I got a few up on my Instagram right now, but. Um, and then just adding captions and like music after to make them funny, basically. Right. And so like there's, 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 there have, there's, I've only got like four or five up right now, but there's very minimal talking in any of them. It's just, but like, and like they're getting good, good views, good hits. And so like people are seeing them. It's getting oh, out I'm, there. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so that, uh, so let me see here. So a couple of ways with that, always advertising on social um, forever, just because it works seemingly well. I don't know if the, like I've tried like paid advertisements on them. So let me ask know. you, yeah, let me ask you a question. What's going on with the market brewing company? Why most of your content is based around that? Is there a deal, a partnership you have with them? Not really. I just have a good like sort of system worked out with them. And they're also, that's kind of also because of the, um, because of the pandemic, right? Like I had a few more shows that I was doing and I was kind of growing before that, but then after the pandemic, it's the only one that's really stuck around. And it was the only one I was still at the time doing like permanently. And so, and that's the other thing, I'm trying to get more content so that it's more comedy content, but mostly it's just been like advertising my shows to them and whatnot. But like I said, they gave me my first, my first like permanent comedy home and whatnot they're really they've treated me really really well over right. the years they treat my comics really well and i can't okay. thank them enough for that love them of course yeah um no they're good people so, for sure like yeah I, I, lots they, of gratitude even as a videographer I, yeah even as a videographer uh, filmmaker uh, i should say they allowed me free range uh to go yeah. anywhere and film anywhere because there are establishments facilities that do not uh, yeah every filmmaker knows every every videographer or anyone who's picked up a camera knows that it can be very restricting, but yeah, they, exactly. they allowed me to be anywhere free roam. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, super chill, super awesome people. And if I lived a little bit closer, I'd probably, you know, just go hang out there with them more often just for fun. Um, but yeah, we have a good, good relationship. They help, you know, they help me. I help them. Uh, we've got a good, sort of, we've got a good comedy deal worked out between us as far as as far as I'm concerned, I think as far as they're concerned too. And like, that's just the thing that you want to be doing when you're producing shows at a venue, right? You want to have a good symbiotic relationship with the venue owners or the proprietors, whoever, and, and the and the staff there as well, yeah. right? You don't want to go into a venue and be a fucking dick because then you're never going to work there again. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's, it's just the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So treat people nicely and and I have no problem and you know they give me the show to do there and so like we're, we both have a vested interest in getting people to come out to the show right because the more people they get to the show the more money they make off our sales the more money the more people I get to the show the more revenue I make off the ticket sales exactly yeah so and then like I said I'm kind of in the process of venue hunting right now and once I get more venues I'm hoping that you know you'll be seeing more sort of uh more sort of ones for that and kind of the sort of the gta area is what i'm looking at not the not like the core inner city of toronto but around the outsides of it oh 
And one more fun thing yeah. on social media, I'm also at a point where like, I don't have a huge following, right? I have an okay following. A lot of them are comedians that follow me. But so trying to expand that, and I'm trying to also think of something new to do. And I've got a new project that I'm starting today, sometime after this, maybe later this afternoon. Yep. But I, I think I was telling you about this at the show. And I think this is also one of the reasons that like we hit it off because we started talking and you were like, oh, I've, this is what I'm passionate about. And I was like, this is what I'm passionate about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those have always been- I always try to find people. common ground too. The people yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the people that I'm drawn to are the people that are the freaks, the weirdos of the world 100%. that are just out there doing their own thing and trying <laughs> their best at it, no matter what it is, no matter what they're doing. I love those people. Honored to right? be a freak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, I've got this new idea that I'm going to start today. I still don't know what I'm going to call it. It needs a title, but I'm, I've got a, I've been just looking for like cool Instagram accounts, right? So right. I've got a list of probably about 70 right now, close okay. to a hundred uh, of just people that I think are awesome. People that I think are cool. Some of, nice. them are, some of them are across the world. Some of them are very local to us in Ontario, Canada. And so what I'm going to start doing is just start posting a, like, I guess a show in my stories on Instagram called like, I don't know, like, like Friday follows or follow them Fridays or I don't know, fucking fucking Friday, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I see you doing, to be honest, man, I see you doing like a Wayne's World uh, type of show. Yeah, know? almost like that. But like just it. social commentary. Because yeah. <laughs> you're very opinionated. And and uh, again, you have like this uh, very, you know, loose, uh, charismatic kind of uh, perspective on things. And I don't know. I, I thought it'd be kind of cool to do something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, the, so what the plan is for it is to each Friday, I'm going to just share, I think probably like maybe three or four, like, just accounts that I think are really cool that any of my followers so, so I want I also wanted to do it on Fridays because I've realized like I have like Fridays aren't good for um, my like read yeah. on social yeah so I was like what's something fun I can do that's not stand-up related right can just be some content for Fridays right right and so I and like and if it's going to be more my organization day and this is just a little thing I could do in my story I'm gonna be like look at these cool accounts these people across the world and the whole point of it is just to share the freaks and weirdos of the world that are passionate about what they do with other people and maybe inspire you to, you know, if you, to, I, maybe, you know, what your passion is, maybe somebody inspires you to double down on it that you saw on this, you know, little show of mine, or right. maybe you don't know what your passion is yet. Maybe you're looking for it, but somebody inspires you to pick something up that you see on it. Right. And so it's going to like, it could be anywhere from, I found like, I found bucket drummers. I found jugglers. I found hula hoopers. I found jump ropers. I found people who do something called pyrography, which is like art with like burning wood. That's and amazing. Like, yeah, it's 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 fucking awesome. Like I'm learning a lot too, right? So like I'm excited about it. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. And then so start um, sharing that with the world. And then I then I got like a fun little project for myself to do on Fridays that makes yeah. me go on social media. That's something I enjoy doing because it's people I enjoy following and checking out and just kind of you know see where it goes and like I said I'm at that space right now where I don't have a huge following right now but I can kind of experiment with whatever I want to and just see what sticks and so well, that's yeah, yeah no honestly honestly man like you're you're on the right track like uh you know that's that's the whole point about it, is experimenting uh with the creative journey uh, with new outlets for me, uh, you know, when, if you talk to me when I was 18, I was just writing scripts. Um, and I believed 
in my crazy mind that I was just going to sell them to a studio and then make them uh, be able to direct them. Uh, but that's not the case. I had to reverse engineer it. And I said, yeah. you know, before I get there, what can I do, you know, build myself, um, you know, my presence in the industry, but also my brand um, amongst the audience, right? Uh, how do I get leverage? And uh, in, in, in the age of social media, um, where everyone's posting and showcasing their talents, I realized I don't need to be constricted, limited to one uh, creative outlet. I don't need to be just a filmmaker. I could be into podcasting. I could do artworks. I don't know if you've seen my drawings. Um, you know, I can run a clothing line. There's so many ways in which you can get your creativity, your voice out there. Because everything I do, I was explaining to you. Did I discuss with you about the dance music videos? I don't recall. Oh, no, that was probably with Andrew. So. Basically, with my clothing line, I create these dance music videos, right? And I have, that's my affinity for streetwear, right? Supreme, yeah. uh, dope, all those different brands. But what I'm saying is I'm marketing the clothing line while also marketing my skills as a video, as a videographer, or filmmaker, right? Um, so that's what I mean is just making it work for you. And that's yeah. what you're doing, right? You're creating these skits. Uh, they don't always have to be you talking to the camera. And if they are, make it work for you. Talk about your inner thoughts or have a moment and talk about depression. Talk about mental health. People want to hear it, believe it or not. People want to hear it more from you because you're a comedian and they want to see the contradiction, believe it or not, right? That contradiction yeah, I, is what makes you compelling. So that's why I do the discussions that I do with the mental health, Greg, is because on the, on the outside, it's like, yeah, I'm doing my podcast. I'm doing my dream. Like everything's going great. I'm talking to very you know successful, talented people in their own right. Oh, shit they suffer with depression. Oh shit. They think they're not going to make it some days. That's more compelling to me. So that's why I always kind of gouge at that. Uh, yeah, that kind absolutely. Of and yeah. as a performer, I really understand that. I just wrote a, a longer piece. It's on my uh, Instagram. If anybody wants it, it's at hallway comedy. But, yeah, um, of course. It's, it's saved in the stories. It's called life lessons, but it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I write too. I started writing poetry when I was fucking 15. Thought I was going to be oh, wow. a famous world famous poet <laughs> linguistic over here yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? holy fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway that dream's gone <laughs> but that's okay i don't mind ditching the listen nothing's over until it's over bro <laughs> well that's true that's true you never yeah. know right you might pick it up again you never know, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah we'll see and we'll I, see. Like, I love writing so yeah um christ now i forget where i was going with this uh you know just <laughs> trying new passions and outlets you're saying you were once a poet at 15 <laughs> Yeah, trying my best, but um, ah, oh. yeah, and just like um, I don't know, just finding your passion and just balancing it. Like also, it's it's just hard for me to balance out the life too on social media, right? Because like I'm I'm trying to also be like the the content creator right now but i'm also finding that like when i'm looking for things especially for this like follow me thing that i've got the yeah. idea for i can get sucked down to the rabbit hole and spend like three four hours just like scrolling through instagram and be like oh fuck where did you know most of my day go exactly. so trying to strike that balance too but yeah it's just i mean it is what it is it's a struggle it's a grind it's tough and shout out to everybody out there including yourself who's Thank you. you know working at it every single day doing what they can to make you know make it happen i love i love seeing it thank you yeah and thank you again for supporting this podcast uh you know shout out to exactly yourself as well you should commend yourself every day that you have the courage to pursue follow your heart uh that's what i've been told myself so you know it, it's really rewarding to know that 
uh, we're not going through the emotions in life that let's be honest, a lot of people do the 99%. So we're privileged that way. And we're grateful that we were able to have the opportunity to pursue it. Um, but at the same time, we need to understand that there's going to be bad days ahead. Um, but just because it's a bad day doesn't mean it's a bad life. Um, so oh, I think, exactly. Like, yeah, I think we should just both like agree on that um, and, and take that into account for ourselves. Because again, we're very similar on the same page. Uh, I don't know how severe your depression was, but I can relate to that. I can relate to, you know, suffering with anxiety, stress, um, OCD, like obsessive compulsive yeah. disorder. Um, I haven't been diagnosed for ADD, but, you know, my teachers used to say that I was probably borderline ADD. Who knows? But as you can tell by my work or our work, I should say, you know, it serves a greater purpose. And that's all that I really care about, to be honest, Greg. <laughs> so I just don't give exactly. a, I really don't give a shit at, uh, at this point, like what, what anyone else is saying about me. But I really appreciate you, Greg, coming on the podcast. It means a lot. You're a good sport. Uh, thank you again for supporting my podcast and being an avid follower. It truly, truly means a lot. That means that I'm growing with this platform and I'm really touching the lives of the people that matter to me. So thank you again. Yeah, man, you're doing a great job and keep it up. I plan to keep everything up myself and down the line. I'd be more, more than willing and happy to talk to you again and let you know where I'm at next time. A hundred percent. See you, see where the progress has gone. Yeah. I'm going to help you uh, set up that podcast and hopefully I'll be uh, one of your first guests. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're great. actually, um, for, for the Friday follows, it's, it's, it's not, it's not this week, but you are on my list. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm excited so, for that. Great. So something like, I'd be like, even a few of them are just like friends of mine, right. That I think yeah, are yeah, cool. That sure, you cool for shit. Sure. <laughs> for so. sure. You got this, Greg, you got this. I can't wait. So on that note, thank you again, Greg Hull coming on the podcast thank you again everybody for listening we'll talk soon